2: So you may have started noticing that there are some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore. And the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com/packaday, p a c k a d a y. That's liquiddeath.com/packaday.
3: 20 minutes a day. Sixty five days a year.
4: This is the Pack a Day Podcast.
5: Tuesday, November eighth, two thousand and twenty two. Two days post mortem for your Green Bay Packers, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Pack a Day podcast. We have a full crew tonight. I, Jacob Westendorf, am your host. Tonight, I am joined by Jacob Morley and Ross And Like we mentioned, or like I mentioned, maybe one of these guys will talk me out of it, but I tend to doubt it. The season is over. Uh, There is no RELAX. There is no galvanizing moment. There is no run the table. There is no nobody's underdog, to use the theme for this weekend's game. Morley is giving me a smile, thinking that there's a possibility, but I think he's full of crap. Jacob Morley, well, go ahead and tell me what you got.
4: There is an R-E-L-A-X, and it's literally the rest <laughs> of the season because none of these games matter, baby. No, <laughs> We are in we are in draft season. It is draft season. Let's go. Top eight pick. I think they picked number nine right now if the season eight. were in today. Eight. eight. I think eight. it's nine now. It's I, I looked at Tankathon like an hour ago. It could be wrong. I don't know. Oh, Schneidman like said th- eight,
5: so I like his answer
4: better. I don't know probably he's probably right but in any case i mean a third a third of the league it seemingly has three wins and the packers are one of them so they are also like one game out of being the second overall pick so the good news is the the strength of the packers schedule is coming up yeah and they play, depending they on play. how <laughs> you depending on how you look at it i don't know I'm gonna They're get planning, crap for this because I, I, I know, wanna die. the uh, the uh, the the you know you should never root for your team to lose. Uh, people are gonna come out of the woodwork, and you know what? Sure, that's fine. I'm not gonna re- actively root for them to lose. It'll be no, fun. Losses are lead. more
5: acceptable right now, is what that oh, that's yeah. the way I R- justify it. I guess.
4: L A X. It doesn't matter. The next, yeah, how many weeks
5: left are there? Nine, eight. Too many.
4: Eight weeks left. None of them matter. None of them matter. That's where we're at. Uh, the I think someone pointed out the other day that the Eagles were three and six last year and they, they made the seventh seed in the playoffs. Zach Cruz did that, yeah. Um the Eagles though at three and six were not getting blown out. You know, or not blown out, but they weren't losing by ten plus points every week.
5: And they weren't losing to of, the worst team in the NFL against the historically worst defense in the NFL where they can only muster nine points. With the litany of issues that surround I mean, granted, I don't follow the Eagles as closely as I do the Packers. Certainly didn't follow last year's team as closely as I do this year's team. Um, and there's a lot of different reasons for that, but we'll we'll save that for for another episode. What I can tell you, it's over. Um, there is no, there's nothing. There's and like like Morley said, the games don't matter. Uh so what you can do is is ask Aaron Alice at heroin to start uh photoshopping will anderson jr into um a packers jersey because right now barring a quarterback which i mean that's that's a whole separate discussion and we will have plenty of draft discussion as that season actually starts uh we could say it started now but like you know there's a lot a lot of time between now and, and april obviously and a lot of things that could change between now and then. also joined uh, by ross I go, ross are are you driving
3: What do you want me to say <laughs> i thought you were gonna like
5: i thought you couldn't hear us so he didn't refuse ross i joining us uh, I, uh, hey man at least somebody's driving the ship and that's the best transition i can get here let's get into yesterday very briefly uh, before i'm gonna try and do something that i think will turn positive here but we'll see i haven't told the guys about this yet so we'll see what way uh that steers but Ross, just real quick, I kind of gave the eulogy there, if you will. But what, I mean, what are your thoughts as we're 24 hours removed now from what I have deemed the end of the season?
3: I mean, I certainly agree that it's the end of the season. Um, You know, I I am a little less angry, I guess. You know, I I think that a lot of people are. I think sometimes it's just not your year and, you know, you're – trying to come back and and it's a position you never should have been in, but you're, you're, you got Aaron Jones on the sideline. You got Christian Watson, who thankfully didn't have a concussion on the sideline. You got Romeo dubs in the locker room. You got David Bakhtiari kind of playing. You got half a Lazard. you got whatever willowing husk there is of, of, of Sammy walk. I mean, they, yeah, you can complain and, and bitch and moan about scoring nine points, but they don't have real NFL football players out there. And and some of that falls on Brian Gutekunst, but some of that falls on bad luck. And, and sometimes it's just not your year. And and you're going to lose Romeo Doves for six weeks. You're going to lose Rashawn Gary for the year. Um, for whatever reason, Elton Jenkins and, and David Bakhtiari haven't ever really come back. Uh, you lose Randall Cobb, just as he's having kind of a renaissance. It's just... Like, and then look, there have been like 2016, obviously 2010 itself was a, a great example, but sometimes it's just not your year, year. And and folks, this isn't the Packers year. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I'm, I'm not mad. Uh, do I, uh, you know, I went on the radio in Wisconsin a number of times and said, pick Rogers and Adams or neither. Get all of the draft capital for both of them. Don't pick one or the other. Don't, don't trade Aaron Rodgers and make Devontae Adams come back here and deal with whatever. Don't trade Devontae Adams and bring back Aaron Rodgers in, unless he was going to commit long-term, and, and he didn't. And and the, the structure of the contract is what it is, but the reality is there's been no long-term commitment. Like if Rodgers said what Brady said and said, I'm I'm going to play on 40 or 41, period. Well, then you could start to retool the team knowing that you have it a very good but very expensive quarterback in that spot, you don't know that. You you know that you've got a guy right now that doesn't work with the weapons that you have, and I don't think anybody would work with these weapons. I mean, you I, – I, I just I, – it's it, it's Samari Touré out there. I mean, and, and no disrespect to Touré, but Watkins can barely run. Touré is a very raw seventh-round rookie Uh, you've got Lazard out there who probably shouldn't even be out there. and It sounds like I'm making a lot of excuses, and maybe I am, but what I'm just saying is the the Packers have run into a a lot of situations where either Rodgers has just willed them to the finish or they've been just healthy enough, or Matt LaFleur has been able to game plan. Because we've mentioned ad nauseum the Packers were – seven or eight and oh, without Devonte Adams during the Matt LaFleur era. It's not all just because they traded Devonte to the Raiders, but ultimately it's not their year. It's just not their year.
4: And Ross to kind of piggyback off of that too. That's also why, like I can sit here and make jokes about it too, because I right. still think, you know, the, like just the, we've talked about it. I've said it. I said it uh, with Sparky on the fan yesterday. It's like if, If there were a a panel of buttons in front of you about, like, hey, hit these buttons, and these are things that can go wrong for the Packers season, I mean, these buttons were Buddy the Elf in the elevator, just, and all of them were hit, right? So, like, I think you look at this team, and you're right, like... The Packers have been a fortunate team because they've been talented and they've been good, and that's what happens typically when you are good. But when you're a bad team and then the bad things start to pile up, I mean, it's just one thing after another. And I do think it's going to be fascinating to watch what this team does in the offseason because what you listed and you said, maybe I'm making excuses. I don't think you are at this point. I think you're just – And I've been critical of people making excuses for 12. I've been critical of people making excuses for this team. But, like, yes, there is a certain point where it's like, it's not an excuse, it's just a reason. And some of it is they put themselves in in this this position. But this is a a look in the mirror for this Packers organization, and they can either fix it or they can just fall into uh, despair for the next two decades. I don't know. I doubt that happens. This team has just been too well run um, recently for that to happen. But I do think I do think Aaron Rodgers still has good football in him. You, you watch him play every week. Like, there's some weird stuff that's going on. But like Ross just pointed out, it really is to a point where it's like, man, he's not throwing to NFL receivers right now. He just isn't. And that's all right. He's not. And I think that's the wake-up call that this team needed. Maybe not needed, but they can at least get something out of to look at and say Rodgers is not he's not the guy that can put the team on his back and carry it anymore. He could still be a super, super good top five quarterback in this league if we put the appropriate pieces around him. So now they have a decision to make. Do we blow this all up? Or do we try to put these pieces in place? That's going to be fascinating to watch. I don't know what they'll do. Um, I would have a guess that they probably will try to run this thing back and put the pieces in place next year. But um, I wouldn't be surprised either if they blow the whole thing up. So it's going to be an interesting next eight weeks. It's going to be an evaluation process. Um, And they're going to really find out who wants to be here, who's willing to play hard. And the other good thing about this, the silver lining type situation is go, go show me who's still going to be playing their ass off when they're three and eight, right? Go show me who quit. I don't want those guys um, in my locker room anymore. Get rid of them. If if you don't want to play hard down when things aren't going well, then, then that's showing your true colors and let's get you out of here. Let's get more dogs in the building. And, you
3: know, sometimes well, not, a hard hor- not, not, hor- – go ahead. Well, not not only that, but the, the question is, does Rodgers want to be a part of that? You know, that uh-huh. – he can retire or request a trade too. I mean, that's – they can't release him. That is for darn sure. Just from a financial – after what they did, they can't release him. But I don't know that the decision is necessarily going to 100% be on them to, quote, unquote, Run it back, and, and I really do think if they had had half the injury issues that they have had, they'd be five and three, not not seven and one, but five and three. Um, sure. It, but but ultimately, I will say this, and, and this is something that Jacob has touched on. He's touched on part. Jacob Westnor, if you're both Jacob, Jacob Westnor has touched touched on at least to the point of. Brian Gutekunst, at least on the surface, appears to have attempted to... That was a lot of qualifiers. uh, Appears to have attempted to build a roster around defense and running the football. And I don't have a problem trying to build a roster around defense. I mean, I I think I would argue the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl is largely due to their defense, and I think Tom Brady gets way too much of the credit for that championship. Um, With that said... The running, the football stuff is very, uh, I agree with very much. I, I wouldn't have paid Aaron Jones. I wouldn't have drafted AJ Dillon in the top sixty. It's just not stuff I would have done. I wouldn't have paid Devondre Campbell fifty million dollars to ostensibly defend the run when they don't defend the run in the first place. And that really is where I'm trying to get to at this point, which is that we should have known. You know, this defense was trash last year. Yep, they weren't. <clears throat> burning trash or, you know, particularly like my, like Rocky's diaper wasn't in that trash, but they were trash. <laughs> and then to add a Quay Walker and, and I had him as my 88th overall player, which means I thought it was a tremendous reach, but I'm not, I'm not the gospel. And to add a Devonte Wyatt, who I loved, but is at a position even at his age where usually guys aren't good until year two or year three. So you're going to take, Trash, add Jerron Reed, add a guy at a, basically a non impact position, an inside linebacker, and then a first round pick, another guy who, you know, is at a position. Again, I know how old he is. I get all that. But you're going to add a, a defensive tackle who usually won't be good until year two or year three. You're going to add an off ball linebacker and you're going to add a Jerron Reed to the 23rd best defense in the league. And you're going to tell me, and you're not going to change the coordinator, who, by the way, has never coordinated a good defense once in his whole life. And he's then had a lot of chances. Me, yeah, and you're going to tell me that the fact that the defense is dominating, and as Matt Schneidman once put it, talking an absurd amount of shit. I can I whatever doesn't matter. Sorry, Andy. Uh, that is supposed to be a positive. That should have been the world's biggest red flag that this mediocre defense was sunning this offense all summer long. That should have been a giant, giant message that hey, things are not well. This is potentially bad. And
4: well, the idea I was just like the idea was the offense was supposed to take time, right, with all these young guys, and the defense is going to carry this team the first half of the year. Uh, they're gonna be good. they're gonna get wins because of them. And then you hope that these young guys can kind of catch on down the stretch and they have a formidable offense. like that's at least in my mind how i I rationalized it. and like that was dumb. And I think that is just because we've watched this team for nearly thirty years be able to just compete because of really stellar quarterback play. And we're kind of getting a dose of reality this year with how the rest how the other side lives. Uh, And on the defensive
5: side of the ball thing, too, just one other thing to add to Ross's point is you have the 23rd overall defense last year with a guy like Dre, who was a first-team All-Pro, which he had never been in his career, a guy like Rasul Douglas, who got All-Pro votes, but clearly – and I don't think Rasul's been bad this year, but he played above where he was supposed to. And then if you take a regression candidate, if we sat down and did, like last summer, I know we did progression versus regression – if you sat down and did progression versus regression for all the regression candidates on the team, every single one of them regressed. Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Devondra Campbell, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, like all, uh, Darnell Savage, all them dudes.
3: Savage He's looks Atlas, like a UDFA right now. I, my God, Sav-
5: yeah. it, that's as bad. And like, here's the other thing is now too. I talked about this a little bit today with Savage because now what you do is, and the Packers, like there are people on the internet and I understand like Everybody wants drastic changes. Everybody wants someone fired or benched and like that. Matt LaFleur said today, like stuff like that's just not going to happen. However, they can make some subtle changes to some of the stuff that Morley was talking about just a little bit ago. Eric Stokes is injured now. And Joe Barry said last week that he thought Darnell Savage would make a quote, really good nickel player. Woody, I have no idea, but I know he's not a good safety and now Stokes is out and he's not like st-
3: uh And like Rudy Ford I'm is bad. at least league average. I think Rudy Ford is league average.
5: Sure. Yeah. And even if he's not, like, here's the thing. When it comes to 2023, which is what everything should be viewed at through this lens right now. When it comes to 2023, Darnell Savage is not going anywhere. Some Unless the Packers are just going to, like, trade him for a nondescript draft pick. But they're not going to give him an extension. And with that fifth-year option, there is no salary cap relief for releasing him. So by doing that, you have to figure out how does this dude fit into your plans in 2023? Exhaust all options. It was like it would be like when they moved or if they moved Demarius Randall to safety when it was obvious he wasn't going to work as a corner. It turns out Demarius Randall wasn't particularly good at either one of those things, but you <laughs> gotta see if Savage can do something like that. Guys like Devontae Wyatt need to play more than Dean Lowry and
3: Jerron. He Reed. was good, by the way. He 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 liked three snaps and got into the backfield twice.
5: Right. So. so those, and that's the type of guy who needs to play moving forward because Lowry probably not going to slash shouldn't be here next year. Uh, and the same is true for John Reed. That was a one year deal, a guy that shouldn't come back. Kingsley and Igbari is going to get uh, more opportunity, unfortunately, because Green Bay's best player in 2022 now. is, yeah, he's, he is. A, and their best player in 2022's offense of season, Rashawn Gary's done. That is how the Packers need to do these things. They are not, however, and this is something where there is a time for this conversation, but it's not right now. They cannot bench Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love. And I do think at some point there is a time where something like that could and should be discussed, but it cannot be while the team is mathematically alive. And I know that I just told you all that the season's over and I know that all of us agreed with it, but teams don't think that way. Like the Packers in that building have to think, or at least trick themselves into thinking we're winning the next 8 We're finishing 11 and six. We're making the playoffs and we're going to go from there. So Ross, we're going to Ross is signing out. So we're going to let him catch up with him later. Appreciate him for gracing us with his presence. But uh, Morley, that's kind of my thing is when they are mathematically eliminated and that will happen because like you said, their next, this was the soft part of their schedule that they just finished minus Buffalo. Now they play Dallas on Sunday in a game where the Cowboys are six and two and you can do all the Mike McCarthy revenge game garbage with Aaron Rodgers. If you would so like, I don't think that's much of anything. Um, to be honest, and I don't think it's going to motivate, quote-unquote, the Packers to do anything more than what they already have because they're not talented enough to do it, and that's especially true now with their injury situation. They have two game changers on defense, three, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, and Jair Alexander, and now Rashawn Gary's hurt. And is Kenny Clark one of those players this year? I don't know. Like, I can't remember the last time he made a play that I was like, oh, there's Kenny or something like that. Um, But to get to the Jordan Love point of things, that is how they think, As they're winning the next eight. The reality of the situation is Dallas, Tennessee, and Philadelphia are their next three games. All three of those teams are at least two games above 500. It's very easy to picture this team at three and nine going into Chicago in early December and just thinking that way. I cannot envision a scenario where – because the other thing about this is like you're like, oh, maybe the Packers can – catch a team by surprise, and they take them lightly. Nobody in the NFL is taking a team that has Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback based on name value alone lightly. So I don't think the Packers are going to get that. The Titans aren't good with Malik Willis as their starting quarterback, but the difference now is when they played each other in 2020, the Packers offense could take Derrick Henry out of the game and essentially did. It was 14 rip after the first two possessions, and Derrick Henry was essentially eliminated from that game. They can't do that now. So I expect him to run for 200 yards, like because the the Titans can just lean into that running game. They might be giving carries to Hassan Haskins for late blowout type touchdown stuff because it's just not a good matchup for this version of the Green Bay Packers. But well, they cannot their,
4: their their defense. Tennessee's defense is good, like and this right. Packers offense is making historically bad it's defenses bad. look look good.
5: Yeah, so they're bad. The Packers offense is bad. They're and they're bad before. Romeo Dobbs and Randall Cobb and like all those dudes are injured. They're just that, that is just a reality uh, that we are living in right now, but you can't bench the quarterback because if Matt LaFleur does that, he's told everyone else from players two through 53, we have given up on the rest of the season. And sorry, guys, I know you're here putting your bodies on the line and playing hard, trying to get us to win, but we're not doing that anymore. You can do that when you're three and nine, Three and 10, and not mathematically able to make the playoffs anymore. But you can't do that right now. That being said, Morley, I do think there comes a time this season because I've said I was ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers in January. And my hope now is that they pitch to him at the end of the season Hey, we're trying to retool. We are going to move on. Um, we are going to let you help dictate your next destination if you would like to continue playing. Uh, certainly, I think Rodgers will want to continue playing. Uh, but I'm basing that entirely on kind of guesses based on things he said. Uh, I think he would – and not only that, just like some conjecture of like, is he really going to want to go out as 3-11, and 11, the worst season of his career, and then he got quote-unquote benched at the end of the year for his potential replacement. So I'm hopeful that that's the scenario that plays out. Uh, otherwise, the scenario where they're – like I can't – it's hard to picture a scenario where Rogers agrees to saying like, Hey man, everything just went against us in 2022. We're picking fifth overall. We're going to get a blue chipper with that pick and we're going to run it back and try Cause they can't really like the receiver class in free agency stinks. The tight end class might be okay. But like, does that even really matter? Cause Rogers won't throw the ball over the middle of the field. Anyways, there's a uh, tweet that Andy Herman put out today where Josiah DeGuara is running Wide open down the middle. There were several of those yesterday. Yeah, I just think that there comes a time this year where you need to evaluate, is Jordan Love the next guy? And if he's not, and you're picking in the top three, in the top five, quarterback, everything is on the table when you're picking there. And quarterback is one of those things. So you're talking your C.J. Strouds, your Bryce Youngs, your whoever the top quarterback prospects are in that case, absolutely 100% on the table. But it is hard to do that when you have zero idea what Jordan Love is and you need to see him against some actual live bullets where it's known on Monday, he's starting on Sunday. You may start noticing that there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Now, why call this water liquid death? Well, Mostly because it's going to brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable. Tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I have a can of liquid death right here and I'm able to open and take a drink from that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it looks just like water. One thing that I actually like to do is have people that don't know it's water. So you just give them one and they think they're getting a beer and all of a sudden it's actually better for them. It's a nice given thing of water, their help. You can drink it at 9 a.m. You can drink it at school. You can drink it at drink it in public. Do whatever you want with this little bottle of goodness right here. Go get your Liquid Death today at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies or Hy-Vee. Or just find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
4: And that's a lot of people are gonna jump on the Jordan Love bandwagon and just assume he stinks because I mean, what we what we've seen from him in the regular season, the one game isn't good. Like I can't deny that. And I love you know I'm a big Jordan Love apologist, but we have to know. We have to know what he is. That is the one overarching theme that needs to happen the rest of this season. Is you cannot go into this offseason with questions about who Jordan Love is as a player. And there still will be questions. If not you give with the way the rest,
5: season's gone. If they're seven and one, then you're you're fine with not knowing what Jordan Love is because the quarterback is probably in the right competition again.
4: Right, but they're not. You know, right? So right. like, they have to find out. And there's there's going to be even if they gave Love the, the rest of the season to start, they probably still would have questions about him at the end of the year because what we know about Jordan Love is he. If you give him eight games, he'd probably look pretty good in a couple of them he's probably going to look pretty bad in a couple of them, and he'll probably be okay in some of the other ones. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast of a young, talented quarterback. The best thing that could happen is he's either great or terrible. And we've talked about that. If he's terrible, cool. Like, all right, shoot, <laughs> you screwed that one up. If he's great, then cool. Then Goody can put his nuts on the table and say, I told you. I told you he was great, but it's it's interesting. But the other thing that we haven't really talked about because I don't – I don't know if it's worth talking about because it's something Rogers has never done in his career, but say they, they give them the options and say, Hey, Hey 12, this was a bad year. Obviously we're going to have to rebuild. Like clearly that is the case. I understand if you don't want to be here, if you, if you don't want to be here, give us a list, give us a list. Where would you like to go play? We'll do you a solid, um, try to make that happen for you. The other thing is if you want to stay here, we're going to rebuild. We have to do something with your contract. Have to you have to give some money back. You have to take less money because we cannot afford to do anything different.
5: And let me say this that's, for, the, that's for the, the record. I understand that reality. Aaron Rodgers absolutely owes the Packers zero in terms of oh, nobody yeah. forced yep. them to offer that contract. I am never, ever going to advocate. Like, here's the thing. I don't care that the Packers drafted a quarterback because that's just the way business is. That being said, the way business is, they drafted a quarterback that was destined to replace him without bothering to tell him. And that clearly bothered him. So when you have that money and you have that power and leverage and control, hold on to all of it because the Packers can decide, like I said, we're one year into this contract and we're talking about kind of deciding that we're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. again, but continue.
4: And, and you're a hundred percent right. And I'm not advocating like, and I don't want people to get it twisted. Like Aaron and Rogers, for what he's done for this franchise deserves that contract too. Truthfully he does, but it's just the simple truth of we're tied up because of the contract that you have. So it's up to you. If and the third option is you, we run it back with a lot of these same guys. And we, we hope that the young receivers develop. We hope that these young guys take a year two jump. We hope, I mean, that, that is the other option is a hope and a prayer, right. For this team moving forward. Cause other than that, those are your three options. Trade them. Well, I guess you could retire too. That's the other thing. So there's really four outcomes and you know, this is the retirement to is the worst
5: part. case scenario, by the way, again, this was the case last year too. Retirement is the worst. Yeah. like, you're hoping that I think the best case scenario is that, the Packers are able to trade him for a package that won't look like the one they would have gotten last year, but a better one. And for the people to say like, Oh, who the hell is going to trade for Aaron Rodgers? He makes so much money. Let me tell you a couple people. things. Number one, Matt Ryan's contract was a literal salary cap bomb to the Atlanta Falcons and not a great situation in Indianapolis. And the Colts traded multiple picks for him. There are quarterbacks that have gotten high picks traded for them that are named Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Matt Ryan. Aaron Rodgers is better Than all of those guys, maybe not right now, but I can promise you, there's a team out there. that's like, man, they'll, they'll easily be able to spin it as dude 12 was playing with Amari Rogers and the corpse of Sammy Watkins. And here in, in Las Vegas, we've got Devante and Hunter Renfro and you know, maybe we had to trade Darren Waller along with that first round pick to get him, but we can add that back. That's no problem. We'll figure something out and it's Aaron and Devante. So that's going to be a seamless transition. We'll be just fine doing something like that. I can promise you, Like I said, it won't be the package that it could have been last offseason. But it's still salvageable from that standpoint because some team will trade for Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers, at Archon 14, shared it today. It's not a great situation, but the Packers can trade Aaron Rodgers. There is no releasing him. And retirement, like I said, that's the worst-case scenario because you either want Rodgers to come back and try and run this thing through one more time and – Hopefully, Gudekunst is more – if that's the case, Gutekunst needs to be aggressive, basically including trading every pick except that first-round pick for veterans. Uh, and I'm kind of joking a little bit, but that would be the route that he would need to go if if Rodgers was going to come back. But I still think that's a better scenario than him just retiring. Green Bay yeah. gets nothing for him, and that's the last Vegas, Vegas is interesting. I haven't thought of that. That really is. I was I'll give credit out because credit where credit's due. I listened to a lot of Packer eulogies last night and head of pack with Matt Schneidman and Bill Huber. Um, two of the best in the business absolutely deserve your time on that. And Schneidman just kind of said, like, hey, what if the Raiders just called and said, Hey, we'll offer you Darren Waller and a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers have been linked to Darren Waller now last offseason and this trade deadline. They thought they had him and the Raiders backed was, out.
4: That was that that was the deal for Devontae.
5: That was yeah. The original deal for Devontae was a first and Waller, and then they found out that they couldn't do that because Adams had to you sign essentially his
4: take this take the same deal for twelve, and which, you 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 that's that's your hard that's your hard reset. That's uh, that could potentially be to You know that could be potentially setting the Packers up with two top ten picks yep. in the first
5: round. Uh, and they could pick second, will Anderson obviously, which will and be high. Quinton Johnston, just to throw two names out there that like there are options. Um, is that possible? You know, would another mid round pick or something? And that's, like that be and that's why they videos? need to
4: know that is why they need to know what Jordan Love is. Right, or those.
5: at least have a better idea. Because if they like say he plays and looks like Aaron Rodgers has for most of the season, then you're like, okay, Jordan's not it. And we pick yeah. fourth overall, and we could get two top ten picks and maybe we package those and move up to number one and get your pick of the litter, you know, something like that. That's certainly possible. That there's a long time for those scenarios to play out. Uh, but the reality of this situation right now, this team stinks and it is depressing because there's no clear path forward. We have no idea what they're going to do, what they can do, what they plan to do. Are they willing to extend themselves for certain things? Who knows? I don't know. I know they've done some things differently since COVID as Gudakunst has pointed out, but you know, the other reality is it hasn't been enough either. And, and I don't need to go down the Brian Gudekunst rabbit hole again, but this team is not good. And I said earlier today that, you know, this team was never, I never ever thought they were going to be good enough offensively to win a championship. And that being said, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Like I really did not think it was going to be as bad as it is scoring nine points against the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL, but they were never going to be good enough offensively to win a championship. They just don't have anybody That's explosive on offense that you can see like Christian Watson makes an explosive play, but then he's injured and that's not a knock on Christian Watson. It's just a reality of something that's happened. Romeo Dobbs, not particularly explosive as a rookie. Um, That doesn't mean he can't be at some point. Alan Lazard has never been an explosive player. Randall Cobb was, but then of course he's injured because he's an older player and injuries just kind of tend to pile up that way. They have no explosion at tight end. It's Mercedes Lewis, who like when he catches a pass, you kind of laugh because it's just like, how did that happen? Robert Tanyan catches the ball. He just gets what's there. And Josiah DeGuar is the same way. And I think the way the Packers have built their skill group, this is where, like I've mentioned before, and this is the last thing I'll say on this is Ted Thompson was a master of planning for contingency plans. You know, he drafted Jordy Nelson when they didn't quote, need a receiver, and that room was always stocked, and there was always a succession plan. And I know the counter argument to that is well, they didn't think Devontae was going to leave. Okay, that's fine, but you weren't prepared for the scenario where he did leave. And now you're caught this way. And I do think there's some other things Marcos Valdez Scantling isn't a great player, but him not being around didn't help. Equanimia St. Brown, not a great player. Those things aren't significant, but they're not irrelevant either. Um, so it's, it's, it's a struggle. This offense, I think has a, a long way to go to figure like figuring out how to build it. And I'll be very interested to see if Rogers comes back, how they build their offense, because you can make an argument that green Bay should probably just let the new defensive coordinator figure out the quote unquote issues, because most of those guys on that side of the ball are probably locked in for next year, say for Adrian Amos and a couple of the defensive linemen, whether it's Preston, Rashawn Gary, the linebackers, the corners, those guys are all going to be here. Savage is going to be here, whether that's a good thing or not, we've talked about. Um, But they've got some rebuilding to do on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Jones may not be here. That's their only explosive player on offense, and he may not be here because of his contract situation. And Boy, if you guys think Ross is hard on a second contract for Aaron Jones, can you imagine if they give a third contract, he might have a stroke live on air. Like that's going to be a significant issue. uh, And he's almost 30. 30 30. You got I mean, I love Aaron Jones, but man. They got some rebuilding to do on the offensive side of the ball. I do want to finish on something positive because this is a a reunion week of sorts. Mike McCarthy is coming back uh, to Lambeau field for the first time since he was fired in December of 2018. Uh, It was pretty cool. Something I always appreciated about McCarthy was just how proud he was to be the coach of the green Bay Packers. And you could always hear that. He was talking today about how special it was that his daughters grew up there. He said that was BS and someone was trying to make him cry, which was funny. Um, And just talking about how, you know, you're excited to see the people, you miss the people, all that sort of stuff. Um, I will be in the stands on Sunday. I will be giving him a standing ovation, uh, which I believe he deserves. He's the only head coach in my cognizant lifetime has won the Packers a championship. He was a good coach for a period of time, and it was time for him to go when it was time to go. Uh, I do think that it's pretty clear that everyone made Mike McCarthy out to be this bumbling moron that was carried by Aaron Rodgers. I think it's clear now that's Aaron Rodgers is going to end his time in Green Bay with the same amount of Super Bowl appearances that he had when Mike McCarthy was there as well. So I don't think that McCarthy is just this boob that doesn't know football at all, um, and I think he deserves that. But what I wanted to talk about, obviously, McCarthy was here for a really long time. Morley, what's your favorite Mike McCarthy story, anecdote, anything that comes to mind?
4: Um, I think the the whole story with him, like if you watch like the America's game of you know the 2010 Packers going through all of that, the way they framed that was so cool. I thought just because McCarthy was such a Pittsburgh guy and he was a no nonsense, no like no emotion to a lot, to a certain extent. And when they talked about the year before in Arizona, where Carlos Dansby picked up that fumble or whatever it was and ran it back for a touchdown and how McCarthy fell to his knees and how he talked about how he, he got up immediately just because, he didn't, like, he didn't like that he did that, and he didn't like that he showed that type of emotion. And I think that type of personality is very Green Bay, right? It's very small-town, working-class type people where it's, you know, you clock in, you clock out, you do your work, and you take it on the chin and all that stuff. And I just remember them going into that and then just kind of parlaying that into, like, their championship season. And I just always thought that was so cool uh, that – he talks about that's how that season ended versus, you know, how this 2010 season ended with the Super Bowl and how, you know, that was such a special, special season for the for that Packers team because they were just so close so many times that year. I remember that team losing in overtime back-to-back weeks, uh, being 10 and six going into the playoffs. And just how McCarthy, I know this isn't a singular story and it's about their Super Bowl season, but just how McCarthy kept that ship steered in the right direction. Um, I think that's super special, what he was able to do here in Green Bay. The press conference with him today was just kind of a reminder of what what a special time he had in Green Bay, especially, again, for a guy that doesn't show a ton of emotion to see him kind of get choked up on the podium and talk about how it's the people in Green Bay that made it such a special place. And, you know, that's, that's also why I think a lot of us a lot of us turn like, uh, or gravitate to this franchise is because they do do a lot of things the right way. And it's not always great. It's not always perfect. We're going through the unperfect the non-perfect stuff right now, but I do believe that they at least try to do things the right way. And I think McCarthy encapsulated that as a coach here in green Bay. And I, for one, will always be grateful for the memories that, he brought us as fans watching this team. His teams are always competitive until the end where that can happen. It's the NFL is not for long. If you've never been fired as a coach, you haven't been a coach for very long. That is such (laughs) a true statement. And, um, and I think uh, we're we're seeing it right now. And, and part of it too, Jacob, is you were in that DM with me today, talking to another uh, media person who is not a Packers person, just talking about is Matt LaFleur good at this? you know, and and a lot of those same conversations were surrounded by Mike McCarthy. And just because Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, you you can't be good as a coach. You know, it's all Rodgers. It's Rodgers that did everything. And um, so good for McCarthy, you know, good for McCarthy that he's going out and kind of proving all the people, all the, all the people like us, you know, on Twitter that wanted to make fun of him or wanted to say how incompetent he is and When the tides turned on this Packers team, McCarthy took a lot of, took a lot of strap metal for that and he didn't deserve it. He really didn't. He's a good coach. He's a hell of a coach. Um, It's, it sucks that it's for the Cowboys, but um, you know, part of me is happy for him really on truthfully. Part of me is happy that he's been able to find success um, outside of green Bay and kind of show people that he is a a really smart football coach. Um, He's a highly successful football coach. Some may even say, and, um, good for him. Good for him. I, I'm with you. I'm
5: objectively true. By the way, when he said that, yeah, throwing yeah, that out he's, there. Not wrong.
4: he's not wrong. Um, so good for him. Um, I'm, I hope I do hope as well that Lambeau field receives him warmly because that is 100% what he deserves.
5: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I was, I was kind of labeled an apologist for Mike McCarthy. Um, mm-hmm. And and maybe to some degree I did hang on to him a little too long just because I got to, I had an opportunity to meet him when I was interning um, back in college and he always looked in the eye. He always shook your hand. He always had that, you know, very thick Pittsburgh accent, but he treated you like there was no, I was an intern. Like I am the lowest dude on the freaking totem pole in that media room. And he looked at me and answered my questions as if I was Bob McGinn or, you know, whoever the most senior reporter was that was in that room uh, on that particular year. Uh, so that, that is certainly one of my favorite ones. The other stuff, I mean, yeah, number one, the funny one is when somebody asked him what the trade, I think it was Bill Huber asked him what's Man. the trade deadline like around here. And he says, is that this week? I thought it was next week. And the whole room sounds like stunned because can you imagine like how incompetent is an organization if they don't know, when the deadline is. And then McCarthy kind of smiles and goes, that's what it's like. Like he laughs and everybody kind of laughs it off. The other one of course is, is the one that is, I think the most obvious. Um, They lose to Detroit and they're going to play new England in a game where Aaron Rodgers is is not going to play. uh, And they lose that game as well. And after the game uh, McCarthy basically like one, that's one of the best games that the Packers played that season. And it was with their backup quarterback, which to me, is usually a sign of a really well-rounded team, uh, which was a good, ro- really good roster put together by Ted Thompson, and he deserves credit for that. Um, but McCarthy, very boldly, after a game where the Packers have now lost two in a row, their season's kind of on life support. They have to win their last two games against a Giants team that's given them fits in the past and, and a Bears team that had beaten them already that year, earlier in the year, and he just says, we're nobody's underdog. And... Then they blow the doors off the Giants. They win the last, what, five games after that and, and win a championship. Um, and, and that's the other thing, like, just think of. And you may not have liked the way things ended with Mike McCarthy, and I certainly understand that. Uh, it was time, you know, like Jake said. It's not for long. And if you haven't been fired, you haven't been a coach for very long. Like, Matt LaFleur hasn't been fired as a head coach. He hasn't been a coach for very long. He will. Long. You know, that's, he will. He'll get fired, he'll get fired one day.
4: Could be, Maybe not soon. could be 20 but, years from now. Bill, right. Bill Belichick will get fired at some point. Or uh, you know it's or 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 a resign
5: mutual, a mutual yeah. parting of the way. yeah whatever it, you, it happens whatever and how, that's, that's just how it is. Bill Belichick has been fired. He got fired by the Browns. You know that that's from yeah. I mean granted yeah. once upon a time different level, but I think that I think that we're far enough removed from that for now that we can stop making Aaron Rodgers this martyr that he quote had to play with Mike McCarthy when McCarthy objectively did very well during his time in Green Bay. He helped develop Aaron Rodgers. And that has helped. been talked about a bunch. He
4: developed and, Aaron Rodgers, right? And, I mean, that's and not
5: just that when McCarthy got here, his job was to be to Brett Favre what Matt LaFleur kind of was to Aaron Rodgers. And that was to, you know, quote, teach an old dog, new tricks. And Favre had a Renaissance under Mike McCarthy. The 2007 season was one of the best of his career and certainly his best season of his late career with the green Bay Packers, where they got to the NFC title game. And of course did not win, but, I don't know. He's the only coach in my cognizant lifetime to win a championship. I really, really wish he wasn't in Dallas because I hate the Cowboys. Like I do remember when he got fired, I was like, he'll coach again one day. I just hope it's for a team that I don't actively dislike. So I remember like the Browns hired Freddie Kitchens instead of him. And I was like, man, that would have been not perfect, but it would have been a good landing spot. I don't, I didn't hate the Browns. Then I, I don't particularly Care for them now because of decisions they made at the quarterback position, but that's a separate topic. Um he ended up in Dallas and I've hated the Cowboys my entire life. Uh and that is still true now. But I think you're right, Jake, I told one of my buddies that is a Cowboys fan, like this used to be vitriol and when you guys had Jason Garrett and Barry Switzer and Bill Parcells and all like I wanted you guys to lose every game. And now I'm not rooting for them to win. I'm not going to be happy when the Cowboys come in and kick the crap out of the Packers. I'm going to laugh at the meltdown that happens on Twitter inevitably, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a soft spot, I guess for that to where it's not so bad if they win. Now, that being said, when they play the Packers or when they play the Eagles, I want them to lose every time they play those two teams. That is just a function of my fandom and That's just the way it's going to be until the day I am no longer watching NFL football. Uh, But if you're going to the stadium this weekend, maybe not when they're introduced, but when he comes on the field or something like that, I I do think the Packers should be doing something for him, like just a, Hey guys, Mike McCarthy's back. Give him a chance to get that standing ovation type of thing before the game starts. Uh, Once the game starts, obviously then it's, we want to beat them kind of thing but don't boo. Like, there's no reason to boo that man. He represented the organization. Well, he represented the community. Well, he represented the team well, and it just didn't work towards the end of things. And that's, that's the way that it is. Um, There's going to come a day, like, like Morley said, you know, by the end of his tenure in green Bay, Mike Holmgren wasn't the most popular guy in green Bay either. His exit was not a popular one. And I know that for an absolute fact. Uh, But, He's also Mike Holmgren now, so when he comes back, he should get a standing ovation, and he does. And the same should be true now uh, for McCarthy. Now, that being said, yes, I want the Packers to beat them. But, you know, maybe there are some people on Twitter today saying some not-so-nice things about Mike McCarthy and saying you can want Dallas to lose the game without being a jerk. I'll say that much. Yep. Uh, that's going to oh, yeah. do it. For, Wait, oh, go I ahead. was
4: going to say, like w- – I I 100% hope that the Packers win and that we can say, hey, look at our coach now. We got Matt LaFleur and he outcoached the old coach. Like, yeah, absolutely. But I hope nothing but the best for Mike. You know, like it's whatever. So, yeah, sorry. I got nothing else to say. That's all I got.
5: All right. So that's going to do it for this uh, version of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We'll be back again next week talking Packers and Cowboys before a a Thursday night tilt. So we kind of have two games within a week. And the Packers have a chance – to theoretically, they think at least to save their season. Like we said, it's it's kind of over. Follow the show at Pack a Day Podcast. You can follow me personally. I'm at Jacob Westerberg. You follow Morley at Jacob Morley. Ross Uglem. You can follow at Ross Uglem. Check everything out. Packer Report, Pack a Day Podcast, Game on Wisconsin. We've got a bunch of stuff between the three of us that we're doing. That's a lot of fun. Uh, the season stinks, um, but there's a you know it's it's football. So it's bad football is like bad pizza. It's better than nothing, you know, and it's always at least, it's at least pizza. It's at least football in this case. If you are going to be in town this weekend for the game, let me know. Six o'clock at the Green Bay Distillery is where the night starts. And that was to make it family friendly if possible. So your wives, kids, family, whoever you're coming in with are welcome to do that. Come say hi, say what's up. Let's talk. Let's, you know, have a drink and, and enjoy a, a fun weekend. Cause it's still fun to go to Lambeau Field. No question about that. So I hope to see a bunch of you there. Uh, but we'll we'll talk more there, and we'll talk more next week. We'll see you guys. Then.